Welcome to Fast Break, presented by M3 Elevate. I'm Matt Cranny. I'm happy to be here, and I'm glad you could join us. In this episode, and in every episode, we talk offensive and defensive business strategies with some of the most successful and insightful small business leaders. So if you're looking for great conversation and new ways to grow and protect your company, you're in the right place. There's no such thing as a small business. Every business is monumental for the people who lead and depend on it. At M3 Elevate, we have hundreds of policies, but only one mindset. Fuel your growth. Ascend Talent Strategies, Inc. delivers organizational development, leadership assessment, and coaching services that are incisive, evidence-based, and business-focused. Dr. Julie Unit trained as an industrial and organizational psychologist. She has spent more than 15 years working in Australia, the United Kingdom, and the United States, focusing on assessment, career development, and coaching for individuals across all sectors. Julie is an active collaborator in the 5C group, and she has published in academic journals and books, contributing knowledge in the areas of managing career change and transition, as well as human resource strategies for leading a diverse workforce. Julie, welcome to the Fast Break. Thanks, Matt. Wow. (laughs) Where did you get all that stuff from? (laughs) We ripped that right from your website, Julie. So it's... (laughs) Really, really impressive. And, and the nice thing, just to let our audience know right off the bat, uh, Julie and I uh, do know each other outside of the podcast. And I just uh, am so uh, excited that Julie agreed to take some time and uh, to chat with us today because uh, I've come to see her as one of the most valuable people in my sphere. Um, and she has really helped me uh, in the ways that I think about and execute on some of the things that we're going to talk about today. So Julie, with that, if you're okay, we can dive right in. Fantastic. Great to be here, Matt. Thank you. Perfect. So Julie, on the fast break, we love to learn from awesome small business owners who are doing the rewarding, terrifying, and critical work of growing their business and impacting their communities. So tell us all about your business, Ascend Talent Strategy. Okay. Well, you did a really nice introduction of sort of the sort of work that I do, but... For us at Ascend Talent Strategies, we are made up of sort of three or four business psychologists. And really at the heart of what we do is we are here to help organizations grow and develop their talent. So we help organizations choose the right talent for particular roles so they fit the culture and they fit the job. And we also help organizations develop their talent, either through individual coaching or team coaching, which I really love doing. And then another really big piece of the work that we do is to help organizations make some of those really important people decisions that are hard mm. to make sometimes. So thinking about who should be the next CEO? Who should be the, should should this CFO be the, the person that we bring into the business? How do we plan for succession? How do we retain our talent? So anything to do with people and building the people, that's the sort of thing that we help organizations with. Awesome. And and I can already say, uh, Julie, this is probably going to be one of our most uh, listened to podcasts just based on the fact that hopefully you and I will do a good job with the conversation today. But but more so, these are the exact questions that a lot of small and growing business owners are asking today 
maybe now more than ever, yeah. uh, as we think about the war for talent, as we think about uh, the shifting landscape of being an employer in a post-COVID landscape. Um, this is uh, just such a, a timely moment, I think, for us to have this conversation. But before we dive into some of those sort of follow-up questions in that area, Julie, I'm curious, what led you to develop your career in organizational development and the leadership world? I think for me, understanding people and people dynamics is something that I have always been fascinated with. But then the other piece is that I'm really fascinated by how businesses run and how the mm. people aspect fit into how businesses operate. Because what I find or what we find in the work that we do is that it's often the people that differentiate or define the success of an organization. And I love how the work we do as psychologists and business psychologists kind of intersect in that space and we can help in that area. Yeah, I, I love that. I think there are uh, special people who come together uh, around sort of a, a unique mission or challenge. And when those special people come together, um, it makes that business a special business. When you think about, you know, this sort of the idea of the war for talent, uh, and it's everywhere we look yeah. uh, right now. And whether it's the Great Reset, the Great Recession, you know, all of these um, sort of phrases are out there around talent. From your perspective, what's some of the best wisdom? Um, and then we'll, we'll dive in from here. But what's some of the best wisdom you can share uh, for how small and growing business owners should be moving towards this critical issue of the war for talent? I think what you need to do is to move away from having a transactional relationship with your talent. And what I mean by that is, mm. you know, a talent comes, somebody comes in, you, you, they do a job and you pay them. That's very much a transactional relationship that you can have with an employee. For me and for what we find with sort of smaller businesses and businesses that are doing well, you really need to tap into what are the needs of the individual and then what are the needs of the company? And how can you find mm. a happy medium there? I know it can't be perfect mm. and you, you can't give everybody too much, but how can you find a place where there is more than just a transaction? And I think it's also about um, realizing that sometimes your needs don't match up with that candidate's needs. And it's okay to walk mm. away early on if it's not a good match. Because mm. if it's not a good match to the to the job and to the culture of your business, there's going to be a clash and inevitably you're going to set up yourself for problems later on. Julie, I'm curious, how do you, how do you think those trends that you mentioned um, have or haven't changed or evolved since the beginning of, uh, of COVID? You know, in, in a sense, sort of what, when we talk about like the Great Reset and, and all these other things, like what what are we from a talent perspective what is that what what has shifted because i think we're all feeling like something has shifted but maybe we're struggling to put words to that yeah no i think that's a, a really good question that's something that we're always thinking about when we reflect um on what happened during covid and then what we're experiencing over the last you know six months eight months to a year what we're seeing is that the intensity of the war on talent and the the demands of business are not going to slow down. It's it's fast. Everyone wants everything now. Customers want something now. So there's not a lot of room for error. So the demand for business is high. The intensity is high. So you've got to find ways to be able to sustain that those demands 
and be efficient with how you find your talent, build your talent, retain your talent, um, and find ways to genuinely engage your people so that they feel kind of a healthy sense of obligation of staying with the organization. If that's where we are today, you know, for you and your colleagues at Ascend, where are we going? So, so you know, the whole sort of um, the line of, you know, don't skate to where the puck is, skate to where it's going. Mm. Uh, I'm curious if, if, if you're a small and growing business owner listening to this podcast and you're maybe not yet ready to add people, but you know that you will be in the next six to 12 months, are there any trends within sort of the concept of talent that you think that we, uh, we should be paying attention to? The demands are high. And you've mm-hmm. got, and it, I also don't think that there's a one size fits all solution to what, how to, to grow and to develop your talent. You've got to look at it in terms of what is your business need? Where do you need your business to go? Um, how can you make sure that the people who are working with you are getting the most out of the, their jobs and, and the, the experience that they're getting. So I don't have any magical answers. I just know that things are not slowing down and you can't apply a cookie cutter approach to getting the right people into the organization. Yeah. Can, can I ask maybe a follow-up on that too, in, in terms of, um, are you seeing uh, how people find businesses and how people find roles is changing? I'm not seeing anything new. What I'm seeing is the people who know how to build networks, the people who know how to mm-hmm. build relationships, to tap into those relationships, to be to always have those people on their radar, to be hooked into LinkedIn, to social media. Those are the people who find the opportunities and find the talent when they're floating around. And those are the people mm. who make the good decisions. I don't think that there's a magic bullet at this point. It's about covering all your bases and um, using your networks because often a job doesn't even get posted. It's more we know that somebody mm-hmm. exists or it's an internal candidate. But if you're not out there, if you're thinking about it from the talent perspective, if you're not out there either looking or putting your wares on online, then you're not going to get seen. So it's it's pushing all those extroverts, those introverts, out of their comfort zone, which is not something that's fun to do always. Yeah, but 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 I think it's also really um, reassuring uh, to hear that, Julie, because I think um, there is a tendency right now to think about, gosh, it's a completely different game. Everything has changed. Everything shifted, and everything's changed. And I think what I'm hearing you say, and if I'm not, please correct mm-hmm. me, but what I think I'm hearing you say is there are certainly new aspects to the game. Uh, there are new things to be thinking about. But some of the things that have always worked will continue to work. I don't think that there's a whole lot of really new fancy ways of doing it. You've got to go back to some of the old basic things. They work really, really well. Yeah, no, that's that's wonderful. So, so let's keep keep building on that, Julie, because I think um, we've talked about sort of you know talent and how we uh, you know find talent, how we should think about talent. But obviously, one of the things that happens when you add that talent is you bring them into your organization, and there's a culture. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know Ascend does a lot of work. Uh, sort of around culture, and one of the big business, one of the biggest aspects of any business is the culture of that business. So, first, before I've got a ton of follow up for you <laughs> on this topic, but but first of all, Julie, like how you and, and your colleagues at Ascend define culture? Oof, that's a tricky one because it's such a big, it's a big big word, and it's got a, got a lot of ideas behind it. I think the person who described it to me best was one of my colleagues who works with me at Ascend. And what he described culture as is 
the feeling that you get when you walk into a business. It's mm. how you treat how you're treated at the front desk. It's what does the water cooler discussions look like and feel like? How does a business celebrate your people, their people? How does it make decisions? How do they communicate? What's it like walking through the halls of, of a business? And that, when you aggregate all those little pieces, that's what culture is. And in mm. my line of work, I walk into maybe three or four, two or three different companies every day. And every company I walk into has a different culture, has a different feel. And I almost have to put a different hat on when I walk into a different mm -hmm. business because it's so different. So um, that to me is how I understand culture. I, I love that. And, and I think some of us sometimes, probably myself included, it, we're almost looking for a cookie cutter answer to that mm -hmm. question, right? Because um, it's the question that I'm, I'm about to ask mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, how, how, do, you, how do you impact culture? Um, if it's easily defined, then it's easier to move towards and solve. But if it's truly a collection of almost every experience that goes to make up that business, it becomes something that is worthy and warranting the amount of time and energy that hopefully organizations are spending thinking about their culture. And, and, and to that point, Julie, what would you say to a small and growing business owner um, who knows that they want to, they're, they're at the start of their journey with the company and, and sort of uh, that beautiful phase where everything is on the table, um, but they want to build a thriving, inclusive, connected, meaningful culture, uh, but they don't know where to start. Uh, what would you say to them in terms of giving them some practical um, sort of places to start? Yeah, that's uh, a great question, Matt. What we often say to businesses when they come to us with those sorts of questions is, well, let's try to define what you want to be. What is your mm. ideal culture? What is your aspired culture? What do you want to be doing or what do you want to look like in five years and 10 years? So that's kind of where you start. I think that's one place to start. And you have to talk to people at all levels of the organization because what often happens is the senior leadership team has a romantic idea of, of what their culture is all about. But when you go and talk to people underneath that, it's a very different story. So to get the best understanding of what you want your ideal or aspired culture to be, gather your information and talk to people across different levels of the organization. So for me, that's just the, one of the places to start. But then what you actually have to do is also figure out what is your culture like. So what's your actual mm. culture like? And again, you have to talk to people at all levels of the organization because senior leadership, again, often has a very nice picture of what they think is happening and how they define themselves. But in reality, it's very different as you move down the organization. And once you've got those two pictures, your ideal or aspired culture and then your actual culture, it's a matter of saying, okay, well, where are the gaps? Where are we not hitting the mark? Where are we not, you know, doing what we want to be doing? And trying to put organizational-wide solutions together that fill those gaps. It could be bringing in particular training. It could be, um, you know, building the cohesion of the team. I mean, there's so many different things that you can try to do. But that's really the sort of process that we use to help organizations with this culture question that you just asked. If we're truly willing to be fearless about both what our culture is um, and also be able to dream 
uh, about what we want it to be, mm-hmm. the, the gap in the middle is going to show us exactly where we need to take our, our space. Is, is that a fair thing to say? That's exactly what it is. It's that dreaming versus the reality and then trying to fill in the gaps in between. That's really what you're working towards. So, so I'm curious, Julie. So, um, obviously, we have um, people listening to the podcast who are in that or just getting started entrepreneur phase. But we also have some of our audience who've been in their business a long time, and they have, you know, a more established culture. So, probably one of those businesses that you walk into um, in your day to day, and you're like, "Oh, I, I can feel that culture." Um, but maybe they want to see the culture, maybe not completely change, but they want to continue to see it evolve to make sure. To our last set of questions that the talent that is looking for a role today is still able to feel like it's a, it's a good culture, quote unquote, fit for them today. So what maybe advice on top of what you've sort of said about taking the, the inventory, would you add for somebody who already has an established culture? Well, I think it goes back to what you just said in terms of doing a gut check. Don't get complacent. Do the culture mm-hmm. checks fairly regularly. Make sure that you're challenging yourselves and you're not sort of thinking, oh, we've got it all sorted. And also you've got to think about what the business is going to look like down the road because mm-hmm. sometimes the culture that you're holding on to uh, sustaining so strongly isn't going to serve you well with the challenges that are going to come up in the next five to ten years. So if you feel you've got a pretty good, well-established culture, that's brilliant. But then challenge yourself to think about, well, what are we going to look like down the road? And mm. what do we need to make sure that we we add to or take away? What's it going to look like and how can we, can we do that? So that's yeah. what I would say for those businesses who are very well established. Julie, do you, do you have a recommendation, um, you know, in terms of who should be at the table for those conversations? So, so when you're thinking about you know, and, and, and I know just through a lot of conversations that we've had that sometimes our, our small and growing business community, they think it's, you know, they're, they're the chief everything mm-hmm, officer. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes those conversations, they're not certain who should be at the table. Do, do you have a thought or a recommendation in terms of as these businesses go about doing that inventory, how best to do that and who to involve? As I said before, involve as many people up and down and across Mm. the ladders as you possibly can. We often do a lot of work with family businesses and there's a, that's such a tricky dynamic because you've got family ownership versus non-family ownership and family employees and non-family employees. And you've got to be able to gather information about from the family, but then also how that's being perceived and translated across the business. So for me and what we try to do when we're trying to do one of these culture, um, you know, transformations is find out, talk to, do surveys with people at all levels of the organization. Don't just get stuck with the top because the top's got one Mm. view and you want to be able to get a flavor of, of all the different areas. Yeah, I, I, I love that. So, so I think to continue to build on that, um, a a little bit, we've, we've talked about um, how we can find talent, how we can retain talent. We've talked about the culture that that talent needs to work inside of. Um, so I want to kind of shift a, a little bit of a gear and talk a little bit about teams. Can you share what your definition is uh, of what defines a high-performing team? It's a group that genuinely collaborates by drawing from each other's strengths. So when, so that when mm. you put the whole together, it's greater than the sum of its parts. 
And mm. so what I always say to people when we first start a team engagement is try to think about a time when you've been on a team and you know that it just works really, really well. It could be a sports team. It could be anything. It doesn't have to just be a work team. Try to think about what was working. What? Why did it just hum? Why did things get done well? And often what we find is that it's each person's strengths are being drawn upon and used as an aggregate. And that's when you get a really high-performing team. But there's another really mm. crit- critical piece that's important is that you have to be able to draw from your strengths, but you have to be open and confident enough to also look at the things that you don't do well. Because often mm. you, can, you can't be brilliant at everything. So you've got to be open to making those pivots and changes when you need to. And you've got to let sh- make sure that the egos that often exist on teams don't stop you from doing the right thing. So that's kind of the, 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 the magic source in my mind, strengths and being open to the blind spots. This sort of effort of team building, what you invest into it, you will get out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, us being able to um, care for each other enough uh, to be honest, to be transparent, to uh, be willing to sit with um, things that might be uncomfortable um, or hard because uh, I think only when um, sort of all the pretense is sort of quote unquote stripped away, Mm -hmm. can you actually then sort of, you know, have people be willing to make moves in their mind. And and I think, uh, I think actually the way that you articulated that was, was, was really well, well done. Yeah, no, I mean, what you're talking about, Matt, is what you want the team to be doing when that trust is there. It's hard for a team Mm -hmm. to do that when the trust isn't there. But um, those sorts of things of really being able to say, hey, this is what it's like and how can we get this and make it better and sort of be vulnerable with these teammates that you work with every day. That's the really good stuff. But you've got to make sure you do your pre-work so that everyone's ready and open and sees the value of doing that. Um, So that's what... Yeah. One of my pet peeves is when you go to one of those team building exercises and you sort of have a really great time and everyone gets to know each other and then you walk away and you never use the information or, or sort of uh, do anything with it. If, if that's yeah. the thing that I would say don't do, make sure you learn about each other but then implement some of those learnings as actively as you can going forward. Yeah, I, I think that's that's great because if you're going to be brave enough to start the conversation, you have to be brave enough to finish exactly. it uh, or at least continue to advance it because if you're going to um, tell your people that you care about having a high-performing team and, and relying on each other um, and then we just all go back to business as usual and we never speak of it again, uh, that, that's not displaying that commitment. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Perfect. Well, Julie, I think uh, we're going to take a little turn here. And as um, uh, we head towards sort of the end of our conversation, uh, we here on the Fast Break like to finish out uh, our time with the fastest break set of questions. Uh, And so the idea here, Julius, these are just a rapid fire. Um, And so the first one or two ideas that come to your head, you can share and we'll move on to the next one without any uh, additional commentary from me. And there are no Wrong answer. Um, so we're, we're curious to dive in. Are you ready? Got it. I'm ready. Perfect. Okay. Uh, favorite book that you've read in the last 12 months? I Am Pilgrim by Terry Hayes. Look, so go look it up on Amazon, yeah, everybody. Um, it sounds random, but it's brilliant and really clever and it's a thriller. So it's fantastic. They were good recommendation. Complete the sentence. Leadership is? Good judgment. 
can't live without it app on your phone? Um, Audible. Love Audible. It's my favorite. Love it. Last thing you did that truly scared you? I went to the Galapagos with my family a couple of months ago, and my two daughters got their dive licenses. So they were new divers. And we went diving with hammerhead sharks and all sorts of crazy uh, sea life. And there were times during that dive that not only was I personally scared, but I was terrified for my two little boys. So yeah, it's funny how we don't really get scared very much as adults anymore, but I was genuinely scared. That's why we asked the question. That's a great story. And obviously you're here and everybody's good, yeah, right? We're all good. We're all good. We're still alive. Awesome. We still have all our limbs. Awesome. <laughs> so good. Um, last, last uh, fastest break question, Julie. If you had to give a TED Talk, what would be the title? How to be your authentic self would be my probably my number one. Or maybe how to cut through the noise and be your best. Something like that. I love it. That sort of space. I love it. I love it. Both. And I would watch both. So I think, um, Julie, we are so uh, thankful uh, for your time, for your wisdom today. Um, if people have been um, uh, so sparked by some of the things that you have talked about and they're interested in uh, following up with you or Ascend, where, where can we find you? Put, uh, put a Google search in Ascend Talent Strategies. Um, that's, you're you're going to find us that way. We're based in Milwaukee. We have a Madison branch as well. Um, so yeah, put a Send Talent Strategies into Google and you'll find us. Or put my name into Google, Julie Unit. Awesome. Uh, well, uh, listeners, my encouragement to you is to go and do that. Um, because from a personal experience and from here at M3, Ascend has been a, a wonderful partner for us. And uh, as we continue to all navigate these uh, complicated days as it relates to talent, and culture and teams, uh, they will be a a huge asset for you uh, and your organization. So go check them out. Julie, thank you so much for being willing uh, to be with us today and sharing all your wisdom and insights with us. Uh, We truly appreciate it. It's been fantastic. Thanks so much, Matt. This has been Fast Break, presented by M3 Elevate, where we talk with high-impact business leaders and share strategies that you can use to grow and protect your business. And remember, don't settle for an insurance and benefits agent who only plays defense. You need an advisor, a partner, a friend who helps you play offense too. That's up. Like what you heard? Well, don't forget to subscribe. You'll find bonus content and more episodes at m3ins.com slash m3elevate and anywhere where you find your podcasts. And if you're a business owner or leader with insights to share, give us a shout. We'd love to hear from you. We might even love to have you on the show. This is Fast Break, presented by M3 Elevate. I'm Matt Cranny, and we'll see you next time.